all in our has been paid for by the WZWA Network. Gentlemen, welcome to the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WZWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California Imperial. What a joy, what an honor, what a privilege to be with you all once again. It's been a hell of a day for me. I have reviewed Ring of Honor's uh, Final Battle 2021. Finally got that all out the way. It's up on the channel now. Um, so, you know, this interview will be coming out a few weeks after that. Hell of a day, but what a way to end it right here, right now for myself. Uh, it is my distinct honor and privilege right here, right now to introduce to you all. Finally, I've got somebody from the original gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Emphasis on the word gorgeous. She is the one and only Park Avenue knockout, Roxy Astor. How are you, Roxy? I'm good. Well, with, with all that, I think I need to give you a wrap. What do you think? A glow wrap. Sounds I good to me. And so when you meet with Roxy, you better beware because I'm really strong and debonair. This jet set girl never backs down because all she wants is a glow crown. There. That's actually from Glow. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. That's awesome. <laughs> what a way to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Roxy, first question I usually ask everyone is uh, when they were much younger, before they got involved in anything wrestling related, were you a fan of wrestling growing up at all? Um, was I a fan? You know what? I'm, I'm from Auburn, Washington, and I, I remember just watching like the Saturday morning cartoons and keep in mind, this is probably way before you. And it was cartoons. And then I kind of discovered wrestling and this is in the eighties. I think when I moved to California and I, I was watching, you know, WWF at the time, that's what it was. And I didn't quite get it. I didn't get like men wanting to wrestle men and that but then I started kind of watching like the storylines and I saw like the beautiful Elizabeth walking macho men out. And then I saw like women, but you know, I didn't really see like any like, like strong, strong women until, you know, I kind of did some research later on and, and knew there was moolah and all, all that whole other era. So and then I happened to be watching, I watched WWF through the whole you know, through the whole segment and on came Glow. And I, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was maybe kind of a joke from whatever WWF was doing. So I watched it all the way through and realized like, this is the first televised all female wrestling show. I'm like, but what is this? But it really intrigued me because there was, there was glitter and there was, you know, ratted out hair and shoulder pads. And I started watching it every every week and kind of got caught up into the characters and I was kind of comparing well this is so unique from WWF but they followed WWF every Saturday morning so it's I feel like you know uh the guy wrestlers they probably hated glow because <laughs> they didn't know what is this you know like who are these women that are coming on after come to find out glow actually beat WWF in the ratings 
So no wonder they didn't like us, but I wasn't an us just yet. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, no, I'm definitely going to talk about the ratings a little bit later on. It's amazing to me. Um, and, you know, so I, from my research, uh, back, back in the day, you studied a little bit of fashion and you see glow. So clearly you see glow, you see how large it is, how larger than life it is. You see the fashion, you see the hair. I know you like hair as well. So yes. you see these things, you, you end up living in that area of the country. Mm -hmm. What made you also think, you know what, this, this could be the line of work for me to get in there and tussle with the ladies of glow. It, I don't think it was something that I ever, ever dreamed of doing. And it was just something that happened, you know, um, you know, growing up in Auburn, Washington, I, I went to hair school, I was a beautician. Um, but I didn't see my life just sitting there cutting hair and building up a clientele for 20 years and doing nothing. I always knew there was something else out there. And, and, and people laughed at me, I, I watched flash dance, you know, yeah, I'm a mania, you know, how she gets like all motivated. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to go, you know, live in an apartment and go do that and go be a welder. And, <laughs> you know, you get caught up in the whole hair and you get caught up in all that. So that's why I moved to California, because I thought, you know, maybe there's something out here, not knowing anything about any auditions or anything. Um, but coming back from, you know, being a hairdresser, and I also went to the Seattle Art Institute, and I was a fashion designer, all glow just really intrigued me, because it had everything, you know, that that I was into. So um, there was a number that said, hey, stop hey, uh, Kyle, sorry, I got dogs. Real life. Uh, hey, stop fighting. Yeah. They listen. <laughs> and um, so uh, there was a, it said, do you want to be a glow girl? And, and I heard different stories from different people that they got the audition or they saw it another way. Uh, but I'm kind of one of those people that like, yeah, let me just try. Let me try. No acting ability, athletic, no, just, you know, doing my other little thing. But I thought, you know what, it doesn't hurt to try. So I did try and I actually posted this picture of me on on Facebook that I found an original photo of me in front of a Harley Davidson with a black leather mini skirt and my hand like that and ratted out hair and number one you don't perm and you don't bleach your hair at the same time but I did bigger the better hair <laughs> but it got their attention so I got the audition I went in and just kind of thought I would tell them who I was going to play and just kind of like slammed. You don't do that. I didn't know that because I was not an actress. Like you don't go in and do that, but I'm like, I'm going to play it my way. So I'm like, this is who I am. And the only thing that you had to do is any of the girls that got the audition, you had to make your way to Las Vegas. If you couldn't, you'd lose your chance. So I got into my car and just took a chance. Like, you know, uh, I knew I wanted to be a glow girl when I got there. And I just thought, how, I have to do this. Like, I have to be on glow. I couldn't explain it, but I just had to be there and I was not going to go home. But when I got there, I saw about 350 girls next to these little crappy apartments. And it was just really, it was really overwhelming because there was all 
shapes and sizes and green mohawks and big and little and everything. And I'm just like, you know, where do I fit in? You know, like where, how? <laughs> so a little overwhelmed. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, no, that is incredible. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's so funny. Who, who knows how many millions of people have gone, okay, I know there's going to be something there for me in California. I'm going to go there and try and make it somewhere somehow. And most of those people might not get really anywhere, but you managed to get somewhere with this and it's so infamous in the wrestling world glow. And I wanted to ask you before we get towards you actually, you know, finding out that you've, you've been um, selected um, 350 ladies, as you said, um, oh, but Tryouts, there was over, I'd say, close to 4,000 girls oh. that tried. So, <laughs> knowing if I would have known that, I probably would have not done it. So, I'm glad I did not know any of that. So, <laughs> well, now I'm even more impressed. So, <laughs> nearly 4,000 ladies. Uh, um, what do you think that uh, you did that might have made you stand out in, in, in that sea of women? One thing I've always learned, and this is being in the hairdressing world, um, play neutral, sit back, watch <laughs> and see who's doing what, where, because you would see your girls that were really trying to get the eye of the director. And I was kind of, I had my eye on the director, like kind of watching, you know, what he was looking at, what he was looking for. But I have a, a very funny personality, very outgoing. Um, I had big big hair. Uh, but I think I just became everybody's friend and just really stayed out of all of the, the drama. But I just was a more of a thinker and sat back and go, okay, if I, my strong point isn't here, then I'm going to make up for it here. But either way, I'm not going to complain. If I'm hurt, I'm going to work through it. I'm just not going to complain because all you could hear, oh my gosh, we got to get up this early. We're getting paid this. We're going, I'm like, you know what? Just go home then. <laughs> there's a space for me, go home. And there's a lot of girls that just said, this is not for me. And they walked away, which I'm sure they'd probably regret or some girls that stayed and they regretted. Either way, I had a very good time doing it. So I think being patient, just kind of watching is what got me there. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I, I love the insight and, and more insight that I'd like to get into is when you find out that you've been selected and, and making your way to, to Vegas. Okay, so how we found out was basically a tryout and so uh, okay just imagine you have a ring in a warehouse and so you have these girls that are trying out and we started off kind of like doing push-ups and you know just getting warmed up we had Nanichka, the russian who was our trainer <laughs> she was tough but you know she was looking out for us because you can get hurt in the ring and then I just remember where they're just going, okay, three quarter roll. Okay, run the ropes, do this. Like you had to catch on so quick that if you didn't, you were like just tossed out. And so that's where I was very focused, you know, and I'm not gonna go, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm gonna go full force in, I'm gonna try it. Never done a three quarter roll, never did a back, nothing. But I just went for it just totally went for it. And I thought the worst I could do is get hurt. Okay, I go home, but at least I tried it. So I saw a lot of wimpy girls complaining and walking home or limping home. <laughs> and I didn't care because then I thought, you know what? 
there's more room for the girls that really want to be here that can actually handle it because to be a wrestler, you got to be really tough. Yeah. Women or men. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so I, I guess you, you um, got to think of a character, right? Uh, it, it, do you come up with a character? Do, is there a collaboration? Uh, how does that come about? How is Roxy Astor? Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll take you back to the actual, like, like you were there. Okay. So okay. we're girls that are actually that made it. I think there might've been, you hear different numbers. I think there was about 40 girls. Matt Simber is kind of looking at everybody and going, okay, Gremlina, that's your character. Uh, Sunny, Patricia, you're going to play Sunny and everybody's all happy. And then you're going to play that one, Evangelina. And so there were, he was kind of going down there. And I'm like, yeah, I know I'm going to be a bad girl. I just know it. I'm going to be a bad girl. I'm going to be better than any of them. And then all of a sudden, uh, you're going to be Roxy Astor, one of the Park Avenue knockouts. So I'm like, oh, God. And then my partner, Tiffany Mellon. Uh, from Mellon Financial. So he took little names from like, you know, uh, New York, Aster, Aster Financial or Aster the family. So he took little things. Now keep in mind, we did not have Google back then. We were not looking, uh, you know, how to be us. So it was kind of like, you act rich, act very rich. And I was not, I had like a hundred dollars in the bank. <laughs> so it's like, how do you do that? Like, how do you, so it, it's kind of like um, Matt Simber saw the character in us. I don't know how he saw a rich Park Avenue girl. I don't know how he saw that or where he got it, but he saw something. And then I just kind of, you know, played off of that. And, and I had a lot of fun playing with Tiffany because she, she played this, you know, airhead, you know, Marilyn Monroe type girl. And she, that is nothing like her. She's very serious. So I got to play like the, oh, Tiffany, you know, when we did our commercials, kind of rolling my eyes at Tiffany and she's giggling. And I, I got to be, I'm just glad I didn't have to play that because, you know, the, the bubbly airhead and all that. So I think that would have been worse. So I got to play Roxy, but a strong Roxy. But I did get my revenge in not being a bad girl. I, because we would actually write our own matches. So the match I wrote was with Dementia and I, I wrote it to where we could switch characters and I could play a bad girl for one match. <laughs> but the bad thing about that is Dementia didn't talk. So <laughs> it was all facial expressions. That was it, and body, ex body movements. I understand. So for you. Excellent. Um, so uh, Tiffany, I guess she was your tag team partner. Is that correct? Yes. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't know her beforehand. How did you two you know, get along when you first met? Um, I got along with her great. And, and I know Matt was very good about trying to put girls that didn't get along in the ring because he feels like there was more of a, you know, like he would put Hollywood and Sally together he knew there was like this fire there so he was really good at that but with Tiffany some girls liked her some didn't I got along with her and just kind of accepted who she was her personality she was just really over the top she would do things that were very funny to me and I didn't take anything too serious with her but when it came down to working and writing our matches 
she got really into it and which was great because i've seen other tag team uh people one would do the work one wouldn't do the work um so she would come up with ideas we're like hey let's get a butler yeah let's get like this and you know and she was actually going out and buying her own little outfits because uh I, you know roxy and tiffany only had one outfit they were the rich girls but we had one outfit <laughs> so she would go and buy you know, clothes for it because there was no budget. I don't know why. And I would just go, just give me shoulder pads. Just give me something silver, something glimmery, something. And I'll, I'll work with the rest. So, but she, she was good, good to work with and very creative. And it was fun to work with her. That's cool. That's cool. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, the first time you're going to have your first match and, and the choreography that goes into it, you know, working on writing your match uh, with your opponent. Um, I know, you know, it's, it's a little bit different uh, for something like glow um, as opposed to, you know, like WWF and all that stuff and yeah. the eighties wrestling. Um, so uh, please tell me a little bit about that. What went into um, uh, all of them? Well, yeah, I mean, we did have a writer, Steve Blanche, um, but we were, and we would go to the Glow House, and I think that was Joan Collins' old house mansion that was in in Las Vegas, and that's where we would do our meetings and practice our our raps. And there's a very funny YouTube video of the Glow bloopers, where you could see us before we became our characters or not in makeup, and it's really really funny. Um, but we did have to write our own matches, so it was kind of like you know. A, Okay, I know this is all, you know, kayfabe, but not anymore. Uh, Roxy, you'll win this match. And so go write your match. If you get stuck on it, you know, they'll kind of, you know, um, help you along with it. But to me, I was uh, a good writer back then. And I was very creative, you know, because of everything, you know, I did. And um, so I would always kind of, you know, analyze everything. Okay, why would Roxy be doing this? Why, why would she be? Why? Okay. If I'm going to beat up uh, a big girl, she's not going to go down easy. Um, she won't do that, like big bad mama. Like, I'm really going to work her so I can get her down because she's just not going to do that. Like, uh, I, I know it's psychology is a big part of wrestling. So you have to kind of think of why. And I look back at some of my matches even, and I look at like, why did we run the ropes like that <laughs> to do a move? <laughs> And it's kind of funny when you look back then. So I remember writing our, our, our matches. We would write them in Wendy's. That was right around the corner from where we did it. So, you know, you see all these wrestlers in Wendy's and we're eating. And like, uh, so I'm talking to my opponent. I'm like, okay, you're going to kick me like that. And then you're going to throw me in the turnbuckle. And then what we would do is practice all week. Um, see if we can bring in, you know, something a little different. And that's why we brought in G's for a good little storyline. And, uh, and then we kind of saw ourselves on camera to see what we look like when we, cause we do a run through on Friday and then do the filming on Saturday. But to do that first match was the scariest thing in the world. <laughs> I it's like when they call your name and I'm looking at everybody like Beastie even who's really outgoing. We were all like, oh my God, this is it. This is real. Like, like they call your name and it's like, go. And like, there's no turning back. And, you know, but I think once you get over that first one, it's, and then my whole thing that I love to do that really helped was I played off the audience. 
And I kind of figured out later on that I could get through, you know, uh, the audience if I skipped. So I kind of brought skipping into it because if I walked real fast, I'd look like one of those fast runners, which to me looked kind of weird. So I decided to skip and use the hands and talk to the audience, kind of work them over. Team Roxy, Team Roxy, <laughs> you know, blow kisses, do whatever I had to do, kind of work the camera before I went in. But really, it was because I was so scared out there. And I'm like, what if I forget? Oh, my gosh. What do you do? Because, you know, Matt Simber is just so focused. And, you know, we get our critiques at the end of the night. And you don't you don't want to go. And anything could happen. You could get hurt. Anything could happen. But once you get over that first match, you're good to go. You're good. And then it's just like a feeling you get like, yeah, let's do this again. This is fun. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Um, I have seen the uh, the documentary that came out in 2012, which I will bring up a little bit later on. Uh, and then I've also seen the uh, television show on Netflix that is, I guess, inspired by the original uh, Gorgeous yeah. Ladies of Wrestling. Uh, and obviously there are scenes in that TV show. I, I assume you you have seen the show. Uh, that There are oh. scenes uh, in the show where, you know, that they are doing all that. They're working on their matches together. Would you say it's that they got it pretty much on the on the button there uh, on the TV show. Yeah, um, they they did, and and I just have to say too, we actually met the cast of the Glow Netflix backstage at a WWE pay per view. Oh, wow! It it was a really and we it's on TMZ where Allison Brie is going. I'm starstruck. It was a really cool moment, and they actually said that our posters were everywhere. Um, on in their production offices they had to watch all of our matches and so that that was really good and you can hear him you know paying respects to us through interviews and and stuff with you know with what they can say um you know there was a lot of stuff going on when they first came out because people were confused like yeah you guys are going back out you guys are wrestling and we're like no no we're not and you know I, I, hey bam bam stop i was hoping that, you know, they would bring, I don't know, like somebody in, uh, Matilda, Mount Fiji, or bring somebody in, something later on, you know what I mean? Kind of like they did with the Todd Bridges of the Facts of Life, and they brought him in, and everybody went crazy. Um, but it was one of those things, it's it's a production. I would see things like the casting that, that looked like ours, you know, very, they could only do so much in that amount of time. Uh, the tryouts, uh, Everybody went crazy with the robot and the cocaine and they, everybody would ask, did you guys have a robot and with cocaine? And I just said, no, I wish. No, <laughs> <laughs> no we didn't have that. We didn't have that luxury. We did have the big house, but it was in Las Vegas. It was in, uh, in Malibu where they were at Bash's house or whatever. And there was, there was no mom giving money. It was actually Rickless who owned the Riviera married to Pia Zadora that was funding Glow. So, you know, there, you know, there's similarities in, in the way Mark and, and Matt are. And I, I think, you know, it was very confusing at first for the fans, but in the long run, um, it's, I think it brought more eyes to, to glow now, which is probably why you and I are talking. Um, so, you know, we're going to just, you know, keep that going. It's a sad thing that they canceled, you know, the last uh, season, but I also feel like they kept that third season like that 
in case. I just felt like they kind of kept it like, you know, you know, everybody went their own separate ways. So I kind of spotted that after the, the third show I, I, when I saw that. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking as well. Um, but um, I, I actually was like, uh, even if that TV show never came about and I managed to come across you, uh, I, I would have wanted to interview you anyway because uh, I, I am a big fan of the old stuff. It's been a while since I've watched some stuff, but, you know, it's really, really entertaining. Um, I wanted to ask about moments where you got hurt in the ring. Do, do you have any specific moments? I know you, you mentioned to me the other day that you actually got kicked in the face at one point. Yes. Okay. So we were going for the, the glow crown. And for some reason I had to wrestle Cheyenne Cher. You have two good girls wrestling for the crown. Okay. That I don't get it, but whatever. I, let's just put on a really good match. Uh, so I'm wrestling Cheyenne Cher, who's very hyper. She's like a cheerleader. Woo, woo, woo. And hyper. And I'm a little bit more like follow through with the moves and do this and and think about but yet work the audience and she's like just like that and i'm like okay i've never wrestled her before uh i feel like when she got in front of the audience something kind of clicked in and i saw her eyes just kind of like oh my god i'm in trouble because <laughs> she was just like like just the moves were too quick it was just too quick so she was doing the moves we were doing everything i'm thrown up against the ropes and all of a sudden you know she does this kick and knocks me completely out okay so i'm on the ground uh the cameras go to the audience and then i heard this from steve blanche who said oh my god what do we do first off is she alive <laughs> i'm like yeah just take my pulse just double check uh now what do we do because this is for the glow crown so uh they, they call it a rocky moment um they're like okay we can edit it you know they can do stuff with editing and and all that and i came to but who would have known you know how i would have come to i've never been knocked out before like ever so all i knew was you know i remember waking up so you got to look at that kit because you can see my eyes just going out and then they cut away where I'm down. Not like a Susie Spirit thing where they kept going with their arm and they kept doing that. I'm like, you know, I, I, I would have loved to have seen it like where I'm knocked out and I'm getting up. I thought that would have been kind of cool, but they didn't know what was happening if I was really hurt. So I get up and they don't know if I'm gonna finish my match, but when I get up, I am so pissed. I am pissed beyond belief that you can see it in my eyes and every move I'm doing, I am just like, girl, I'm gonna, I'm, you just wait. No. <laughs> so see the, the madness and then Godiva comes in at the end and her and I, I, we're really duking it out. I think whatever it was happened in the ring, you know, I'm duking it out. I am like pulling her hair, I am hitting. That stuff was real, that was real. But, but the thing is, we, oh, we could walk away and go, okay, that was good. That was good. But with the Cheyenne share thing, it was kind of like, I, I just wasn't expecting that. No, I don't mind getting a good ass whooping or ass whooping somebody else, you know, but when you get knocked out like that, it happens, you know, but I pulled through the match, did it all. And to me, and, and we're here to talk about it. And to me, that's a good story. 
that, I really, I, I haven't been hurt in the ring. Thank God. My knees are still good. I'm good. So yeah, a lot of people, not so much, unfortunately. So. Yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, no, I did watch that match and uh, I do remember the kick uh, that you're speaking of. Uh, <laughs> and I thought, oh, hello, that was a bit snug. Uh, and the fight on the outside, I was like, wow, they did a really good job. That that looked really, that looked real. And it was. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, the story behind it, though. So <laughs> there's always a story behind something, which is very cool, where, you know, I like when they do the whole wrestling thing and they, you know, they tell the backstory, like the dark side of the ring, and they'll do that. Like Glow, we have plenty of backstories that people would probably fall over. Funny, funny. I don't know if I want to do dark side of the ring because it would, <laughs> I want to do something light side of the ring. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and speaking of that, that was actually my next question I had written down was uh, there's got to be some moments, it, whether it's actually in the ring performing in front of the crowd or whether it's just, you know, uh, behind the scenes. What are like your funniest memories of, uh, of Glow and, and, you know, are there any particular stories you can think of? Oh, well, I guess I can talk about it, right? <laughs> okay. We would have a few um, outfit mishaps. And for me, I'm always looking out for everybody. Like I'm always, because uh, another thing too, is I did a lot of the hair for Glow. I gave Beastie her mohawk in my apartment. I did Gremlina's hair. I gave Stinky her, her look. So I did a lot of hair for Glow. And so that was, I was doing like a little side hustle. Like, hey, I can do that. So we'll do that. Um, so with Godiva, we were talking about that, that. I think we were in Laughlin and we were doing a live show. And all of a sudden, one of her breasts popped out. And, and she's very large breasted. <laughs> and so all I'm doing is I'm kind of thinking, oh, no. And Godiva laughs because she says, Roxy, you were funny. You took my my boob and you put it back in my outfit a bad girl would have gone hey or a good girl would have gone hey or whatever but i like covered her with it and she's like what are you doing i go i'm just trying to help you here because <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you know that's people are probably i know there are probably some cameras out there that took a shot of that but i'm like tucking it in and making sure everything's okay so we can just finish our match but that to me that's kind of a funny story that is excellent. I love it. Um, okay, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I, I want to know, I, I want the full experience here. Uh, what is a typical day of, of like a, a glow taping like uh, from start to end? You wake up and then right at the end, you go to bed. What happens between that? Okay, is that going to be Friday night is our run through? And that's where we kind of... You don't go out all hard, but you kind of, you know, if you want to take that bump, um, if you want to just kind of walk through and go, you go here, you go there. We just kind of do a run through. So we're not, you know, really hurt and broken for, you know, um, the next day. Uh, Saturday, you wake up and what you're supposed to do. And I know a lot of the girls partied on Friday. I know that because we're in Vegas, but I did not do that on Friday. I did on Saturday. Uh, so wake up early. I would work out because I did not want to get hurt in the ring. And I wanted, 
everything to look tight and good and everything, you know, just to go right. And, but I knew some of the partiers and I'm like, I just so glad I'm not wrestling them today because they're in Vegas and having fun. So from the morning, you know, we go to the warehouse, we see the ring, we see everything, the signs going up. Um, so we're in the back, probably maybe about four hours before, but I was so scared about, um, and I've, I've seen this before about having to go to the bathroom, like when you have your outfit all on and it's like, you know, so I kind of wait till the very end to do that. And I swear I would only eat one apple that day. <laughs> I did not want anything to happen out there. So it was water, hydrate and one apple. Um, and the funny story is we, there was all these girls and there was one bathroom in the back. And if we, we would see Beastie go in, we're like, okay, we're screwed. <laughs> Nobody wanted to follow after Beastie. <laughs> so you have all these girls, good and bad, in the back, doing hair. We're all working together. Like I'm back there with my back combing. I'm helping with hair. I'm helping with glitter. We have Joanne, our makeup lady, painting our faces. So it is so scrambled and crazy, but yet, Fun. I wish I don't know if there's any footage of that, but it was just a really good vibe. And then, you know, you know where you're at because you see where you're at, you know, in the matches. Some of us had two matches or a battle royale. And um, so it was just very fun and exciting up to that day. A uh, few girls could be fighting, but you just put everything aside. And then it's like showtime. But the really neat thing is we would look out like through the curtain and see if anybody showed up there were lines outside the building waiting to get in just waiting because it used to be shot at the Riviera and then they moved it to the warehouse uh now it's a Harley Davidson place and it was just so cool everything just kind of filled in and it was just like we were um you know just thriving off a live audience and there's nothing better than that that's why when I look at WWE through the pandemic I'm like my heart's breaking because I'm like how do you work off that, <laughs> you know? And, and they, they still push through, but there's just nothing better than a live audience, you know? And uh, it was just really, it was fun. And then after the matches were done, and I'm going to say filming could have been like maybe 10 o'clock and we're beaten down. My hair is so sprayed with, with hairspray and, and glitter and we're, we're a mess. We're all a mess, but sitting there, like we did it, we get the critiques from Matt Simber and you don't want to hear a bad critique. And, you know, he would just say how he felt. He'd have his little straw in his mouth. He'd be chewing it. And I always kind of say this when his straw is big, you know, things are good. When that straw is small and he chewed it down, we're in trouble. <laughs> So as an observer, I would watch a straw. <laughs> so, you know, so he'd go through each girl and he'd say, yeah, good. That was good. And then, then Roxy, uh, great match. Good match. I didn't get um, a lot of uh, bad things from him, critiques. He, he did say this to me and I, I didn't take it personal. He says, if you don't start running or start doing something with your ass, 20 years later, you're going to look in the camera and go, what did I do? So I started running because I think of that first critique. And then I actually saw what my hair looked like, looked like cotton candy because they would show what we look like. So we could actually see and then work from that, which I think is very smart. 
So I would rat out my hair and I was blonde and I refused to go red. So I put in Jerome Russell in my hair and it just looked like cotton candy. And I'm like, oh no, that's when I started doing this. I started putting the hair to that side and then putting the glitter over there. And so now I'm like, okay. So I was kind of forming Roxy from that match on. And I think we all kind of were. So he showed us what we look like. You know, how do you want to improve on that? And I think that really helped us too. Was he a little rough on some people? Yeah. If you saw in the documentary, Jail Bates saying, he said, my ass looked like mashed potatoes, <laughs> you know, and he did. And I, I guess I, with the critique, I, I take it as like, oh, I'll show you, I'll show you, you know, I just didn't take it really, you know, to heart. He just said 20 years later, I'm like, okay, he's right. You know, I, I don't want to look at myself back then. Now I look back then and I'm like, dang, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> and that's what I want. And this is 35 years later. So I go to the gym though. Now I go five days a week. So I am trying to work on that Roxy ass store. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Um, there were a few things that you were talking about there that I had like kind of stories of my own. Um, I, I used to sing in a hard rock band. Uh, so I, I would not eat before I went on stage. Um, right. I, I might have a banana or something like that, but, but nothing because I know, I know I will need to go to the toilet two minutes before going on stage. Right. Every time. Yeah. And I, I've heard stories where people, you know, lose it or get gas on stage. And then that's like my biggest fear. So I, yeah, it's something that I kind of learned, you know, by, I think by watching Beastie who would hit the, the buffet beforehand, it was like, <laughs> I'm not doing that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also when you, you're mentioning uh, the straw um, yes. and you knew if it was smaller then then, you know, it wasn't going to be a good evening. But uh, just for me, my personal experience, when I got home from school, uh, if the television was on, but on mute, I knew my mum was going to have a, uh, a, a, a talking to with me. A, a letter must have been oh, sent see? home. Yeah, see, you're, you're a server. <laughs> So I, I don't, you know, people, in fact, um, I, we did a play in 2018 and we actually put that little part in there because to me, that was so fascinating that not, I don't think any of the other girls really saw that, but that was what I was focused on through, through glow. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, isn't it? Like, I don't know why she didn't just have the television off. It always had to be like, I oh, knew that the, oh. it, it was on, but the, the volume was way down. So, okay. As a mom, that's a hint. Like, I, I'm just warning you. I don't have to say anything. This is what it is. So, it's a very smart mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, setting the scene for me. Um, <laughs> uh, another question. This one was at the forefront of my mind uh, because I know what wrestling fans can be like. I know what they're like. That I see them on Twitter. I see what they say. I see the way that some of them act. Yeah. The portion of the audience, very good, very good people. But there is a portion that are a bit strange, a bit weird. Do you have any stories of any strange moments with uh, fans of Globe? Um, you know what? Not really. Only because I think we were in the 80s and we didn't have the social media back then. If anything, I kind of felt like 
when we all got on Facebook, it was more, oh my gosh, they're on Facebook. We can connect. I mean, if you got to block a few people, because I had to block a few people, you do, because honestly, they think that's who you really are and you need to act how you were back then. And that's not, that's not me at all. Like I am not Roxy Astor, even though my kids will totally disagree. And they bought me a Roxy mode shirt when they said I get into Roxy Astor mode. So um, I don't feel like that I'm like that, but sometimes, you know, you might have to, you know, get rid of a few that want to everything you do, everything you say, it's like, wait, wait, stop that. And they, they do get upset. I had to even post on there. This is not match.com. This is not a dating site. Please don't. <laughs> I am not looking for a man or a woman, anything. So it's been everything. So I, I warn people, I think uh, people pretty much know me on Facebook. I, I'm interactive on Facebook. In fact, I've been doing a thing for the last month where we're playing uh, the silhouette game, like, can you guess who this is? And so I started becoming more interactive with the fans and I'm realizing we're pulling in more and they're liking it. So I think, you know, anything that you can do to keep it going on a light side, especially now it is a good thing, but any negative stuff, I, I can take the negative stuff. When I did wrestling with regret, uh, the interview with Brian Zane, Oh, I got a lot of crap. Like, oh my God, she didn't age well. Oh my God. Ugh, ugh. And, you know, I had just lost my dog and my, you know, I was crying for a week. I still did the interview. And I, I think it was my first, you know, taste of them being mean. But I'm like, oh, I can handle it. I was in high school. I had mean girls, you know. So, you know, it's okay. What are you doing? Uh, New Year's Eve. Matt never. Oh, my daughter, who was in the documentary, just reminded me of something. She's the one sitting on the couch in, in the documentary. Uh, she wanted me to bring up the fact that we got tons of fan letters, tons of uh, marriage proposals, everything. Matt Simber did not give us our fan letters because he did not want us to know how popular we were and kind of keep us in our place. So thank you for reminding me, Kim. And so uh, I know Helena got a diamond ring, to, uh, a fan, you know, a Daisy, the six foot Daisy. She got a diamond ring that a little boy stole from his mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish we would have gotten some of the fan letters. So I kind of feel like uh, now through Facebook, those are kind of like our fan letters. But can you imagine that just having bags of fan letters and and we had the phone call where you can, you know, hear your favorite glow girl and stuff. But we were kind of kept, you know, away from all that. So or maybe our egos didn't, you know, get a little big. So we did have a lot of fan letters. But as of now, if something's bad on Facebook, I, I don't fight with anybody. It's just it's a really cool thing that you can block people or unfollow <laughs> that you don't want to see. You know, I just don't want to get caught up in any negative stuff, especially now. Absolutely. And you said something a little bit earlier. Somebody said something um, that, that you hadn't aged well. I'm going to say this right here, right now. You, my friend, are looking drop dead gorgeous right now. I just need to let you know that, okay? <laughs> my daughter's rolling her eyes. Did you hear that, Kayla? <laughs> well, well, your, your daughter should be happy because she knows what she's going to end up looking like in many years' time. And she's going to be drop dead gorgeous at that point in her life as well. Thank you very much. Oh, she, 
She's already drop dead gorgeous inside and out. And that's a major, major thing. You got to be inside and out. So, <laughs> but uh, she said, that's such a mom thing to say. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's not nice. But thank you so much. Yeah, I just had my 59th birthday. Glow wow. girls have been, uh, isn't that crazy? Ugh. Like, wow, like, uh, Dallas from Glow is over 60. And, and I want to let people know, I just visited Matilda the Hun. Uh, at her rest home yesterday, uh, did a little visit with her and she's been in a rest home for about three years. So we're just trying to keep her spirits up there. And you remember Matilda the Hun, I eat raw meat. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was great. She was my favorite. I can't, like, I can't believe this good glow girl who, and I idolized her back then is, is one of my best friends. So, and she's got the biggest heart. So she doesn't put up with any crap from the fans. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, glad to get the update there. Uh, thank you for that. Um, obviously, you've probably been asked this question a million times, but for my audience, maybe they might not have heard this yet. Uh, from your point of view, why was Glow cancelled despite the high ratings of the show? And when when the first, I guess, oh, sorry, when the first, when the last time there was a, a Glow show produced, uh, did anybody know at that time that it was potentially the last one or did this come out of left field? Okay, I think it was kind of brewing a little bit and we've already we've done like a lot of interviews on on what all girls have to say i actually left a little early and to have a baby but we were coming back for a movie and it was going to be almost like that spice girls movie where you do something crazy with the glow girls and i think it really would have been campy and it really would have been fun um from what i heard again i've heard this from a lot of girls and some girls did leave at different times sunny's dad uh, passed away she had to go early other girls you know they either moved on i did season three and four so did sunny so we were expecting to come back for a fifth season um i found out uh, rickless was kind of um hanging out with some of the glow girls and pia wasn't so happy <laughs> so it was kind of like it's either glow or it's uh me so you know when you got billions of dollars you know in a marriage, you don't, you know, you, you take your choice. Unfortunate for us and for the fans, and, and but it, you'll hear it in, you know, other interviews. And um, I mean, it's sad that it had to end like that. But I think on a good note there, I, I think if I know WWE wanted to buy Glow, but I think, uh, or F at the time, but I also think Vince wanted to shut it down because of the ratings. Uh, and I kind of think because Glow left, how it did, it always left the fans wanting more. So I think of it as a good thing. Back then it was like, you know, a lot of the girls like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? And I know Dave McClain came up with POW, came up with that, he's doing WOW now, uh, uh, the superhero wrestling. So David McClain is still doing the wrestling. Um, and he's like the closest thing to blow that will fit in today's time that, that will actually work uh other than that there's no recreating glow you cannot recreate it you cannot grab whatever it was back then because the times have changed you know the only thing that i see how you can create is like i said with wow or what they did with with backs of life i don't know if you saw that over there and they brought in like you know um some of the casts and they brought in that that's how you do it 
but there's not going to be another glow. And I'm kind of glad that it just was left like that because otherwise, let's just say it went on for another four years. It might not have had that impact. Uh, we'll never know as it does now. So it's like that big mystery. Ooh, ah, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like uh, glow was like lightning in a bottle uh, yeah. and it can't, can't be recreated um, at all. Uh um, oh. uh, one question I thought was important to ask you is uh, once it's once it's done, you're used to uh, having the opportunity to be creative and do all that stuff and also have that rush that you would get going out performing. How does one mm -hmm. uh, adjust to life no longer having those aspects, uh, you know, in your weekly life? How does that make you feel at the time? Oh my gosh, I've never stopped working on anything having to do with glow. In fact, I did my first, uh, I did a Kickstarter 2014. I called it Afterglow Fan Party, raised the money and brought the glow fans and the glow girls together. So I had 11 glow girls on stage, glow fans. We put the fans in the hot seat and they got to ask exactly what you're asking. And then we turned it on them and we asked them questions. <laughs> so we did that. Uh, and I've also done three cruises, Afterglow cruises, uh, and brought the fans together to hang out and party with, with uh, the Glow Girls, the original Glow Girls. And in fact, 2018, um, I produced the Afterglow 80s musical experience where we had five original Glow Girls on stage. And it was funny because it was, we had Chris Carver, who was our director. He directed over, uh, I think 40 plays. And I, I'm not such a great actress and, but the chemistry that we had with Matilda who was mumbling under her breath, like, oh damn, you know, talking about Matt Simber, you know and she's coming up with her own lines, but it was just very funny. And in fact, my daughter played my, the younger version of me. So we had five original Glow Girls younger versions of ourselves. We had a very small ring. It was Demi Lovato's ring she used in a music video. We didn't realize it was going to be that small, but you make something work. Uh, and we made it work. So this little play that we did on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday sold out. And then all of a sudden we were nominated for Best Ensemble from Broadway World. Okay, there was about, of the decade, there was about a thousand nominations. You had Hamilton, Mamma Mia, you had the, you had so many plays. And the thing is, I'm like, there's no way that we have a chance, but this is best ensemble. And this is the original cast. 35 years later, we won best ensemble, beating out Hamilton, beating out <laughs> all these other huge plays. So to me, I feel like Glow might be done, but the afterglow is still going on. I am still keeping the hype, keeping the fans happy with, with more stuff going on. And uh, our, our director won uh, Best Director of the Decade for, you know, for Los Angeles from Broadway World. So once again, it's the fans that are speaking. And right now I'm uh, producing another play that we're bringing to Vegas. So I kind of do it like what you asked me before. The girls are back in town. So we have... <laughs> Five original Glow Girls, uh, Justice, Gremlina, uh, Sunny, me, Dallas. And then, um, am I missing someone, Kayla? Am I missing someone? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I feel like I'm missing someone. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so we're bringing them on stage and we're actually bringing a 
real wrestling ring on stage. So we got nominated for the most anticipated play coming to Las Vegas and we're in first place. <laughs> so to me, that that feeling, that drive, that vibe, everything, it's still there for me. Like when I was back in Glow, but I'm kind of like on the other side. I don't need to be in front of the camera. I like doing all the creating. Um, just like my daughter set up this whole setup for me here. So I think she takes after me. And she's also a wrestler too. She can wrestle. She's the only daughter of an original glow girl that can wrestle. So that's kind of cool. And um, so we're nominated. So now we're going to be doing a play in Vegas. And it's kind of for the fans. We're kind of picking up where we left off. And I, and I kind of think of that way with the glow Netflix. They left off there. Well, the originals are coming back. <laughs> so it's going to be a good play. It's the stories of before Glow, during Glow, and after Glow. And it's our stories. Brilliant. That is so great to hear. I love to, I love, I just love knowing that, you know, something that was such a big part of your life, you're still uh, involved in it, doing stuff with it. Uh, this is just, you know, it's wonderful to hear all that. I'm so happy for you uh, and everybody yeah. involved. Um, yeah. it's, oh. the, the girls are excited. They, they love the fans and the fans are, I mean, they're what keep us going. If there was no interest or, or, you know, we'd have nothing, but it's just, I think we're feeding off what the fans want. And a lot of the fans are actually my friends now. And we become friends from, you know, years ago, Robert, Wynn who's one of our best friends. And he was just a fan on the, on the glow fan hot seat saying, I remember him going, this is America. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was an Asian on TV back then. <laughs> one of my really good friends and my daughter's friends. So, you know, so it's, and I have all this footage from everything, from the cruises, from the plays, from everything. And it's just, no matter what happens, I have to say, I've had a really, really good time doing it. Excellent, excellent. There's, there's another thing that I really loved and that was the, the documentary from 2012. Uh, I just wanted to ask about that, that big reunion uh, that took place right at the end there. It really seemed like a special moment. Um, can you just tell me what that felt like uh, and, and, and your experience doing the documentary? Well, it was, it was kind of funny. I brought my daughter, um, Kayla to to that and uh, it was kind of the, the last part of the documentary and they were saying you know they're bringing Mountain Fiji and now I have visited Mountain Fiji at you know where she was before um, maybe like a year before I didn't really know how bad off she was and I think her family kind of kept her kind of away from it because I think she'd get too excited and sad and so it's just it was a really built up moment, but they really wanted her to, to see, you know, how loved she was. Um, but there was a lot of girls at the reunion and, uh, and it was funny. That's the first time I met Tina Ferrari and I took her place in, in Globe and she didn't know me. I knew who she was. And I saw girls from first and second season that I only saw on TV. And I think that was kind of fun. So it was, a, it was a really neat reunion to see the first, uh, second, and third, fourth kind of interacting. And, and you don't recognize a lot of them because you saw them back then. So that was a lot of fun. And I remember when they brought Mount Fiji in and her face, and we just like lost it. Like we were crying and you could see her 
trying so hard to, to sing the rap. And we were just like, I think she was just overcome with emotion. So it was a really, it was a beautiful moment. And you know what? She felt the love with everybody there. And then I remember I walked up to her and I was, because my favorite part of GLOW was doing um, the Carmen Miranda little sketches with her. And she would go, Tika, 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 to hola, Roxy. <laughs> and then I would do my little dance and do that. And she would finish. And then she was just like, she loved Carmen Miranda. So Matt Simber gave her a skit to do Carmen Miranda. And she, uh, Mount Fiji was great. Like she was a good actress besides being a shot putter too, an Olympic shot putter. And just to see her, you know, in the wheelchair and being wheeled and you know her as this very strong person, uh, you know, it was just, it, it was sad, but it was just, it was very, it was nice to see everybody together. But I have to mention also too, in the documentary was uh, Matilda the Hun. Like I did not know her back then. And I did not know to the extreme of her, you know, she was in living in leisure world and I saw her swimming and I go, well, that's good. You know, she's getting her exercise and she's doing good and everything. And after the documentary, uh, she just kind of disappeared. And I, I didn't want to be one of those, you know, stalker girls or whatever and go, hey, Matilda, I thought she was living, you know, she had her life in leisure world. Um, but I remember calling her up for the first time and saying, Hey, will you be a part of this afterglow fan party? And that was the first time I had talked to her. And, um, I go, if I raise the money and, and I think she's dealt with so much bull crap that she was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. When you raise the money and I go, I'm just paying you a hundred bucks. You could sell your books. I'll have food there. Da da da. And she goes, okay. Yeah. When, when, when you raise the money. So raised the money and I got her there. She sold her books and we got her back out there. We actually, me and my kids, we took her to a lot of events and we uh, took her backstage. Hold on to the WWE backstage. And when we were out there with Matilda, people from WWE were yelling, Matilda, Matilda from Glow. And she just lit up. She just lit up. So she's, you know, we lost Big Bad Mama, Mount Fiji, and uh, Matilda now is in the hospital, but we are keeping her spirits up. So to see the decline of that is a very sad thing. You know, we saw a great moment with Mount Fiji and then she passed away. Um, we're Zooming and we're visiting Matilda just to keep her going, but it's gotta be hard either way to go from what I saw her in the documentary to swimming to that to where she's at now. So my whole thing is, you know, I just want to keep her going with something and just, you know, give her some hope. So. That's nice. That's nice to hear. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and thank you for the insight and all of that. Uh, I just thought it was such a, a really touching moment of the documentary that I, I just wanted to know a little bit more about. Um, it, was, it was exactly what you saw, is what you saw. Um, you know. Excellent. Um, I wanted to, uh, we're getting to the tail end here, Roxy. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, a couple more questions before our final segment. I'm sure you've had this uh, question many times before, but what's one thing that you, you miss the most about um, Glow back in the day? 
Um, it was honestly, it was kind of fun going from being a, a nobody in Auburn, Washington, to being a celebrity, to doing card sharks, to doing, you know, all these interviews to everybody wanting to know who you are in the interviews and just like the whole, you know, going, riding buses and fans. And I'm, you were in a band, you might know this, just the being on stage and, and, you know, feeling that and it's a good feeling, but it's a very addicting feeling too, you know, because, and that's why I never wanted to be an actress after that, because I, I could see myself chasing, chasing and being very disappointed after glow. So that's why um, I didn't go after WWE. I wanted or at the time, I just wanted to end on glow and whatever happened would happen. Um, you know, I had to say it was probably the best time of my life. I didn't go to college. So it was kind of like my my college days in a way, stories of hanging out with, you know, the bad girls when we weren't supposed to in Vegas and partying with Beastie and we're not supposed to be together. And yet we talk on the phone and, you know, we're friends and we're all still friends. Um, well, some of us not, but uh, a lot of us are friends and it's just, you know, you're, you're not going to find that anywhere else. So I, I, I do miss being on stage and I know, you know, what that, that feels like. But, you know, this is a long time ago. So, you know, I do I miss being on stage now? No, no, I'm OK with with doing what I'm doing and kind of being behind the scenes. And uh, but I have to say that documentary, I gave a really good interview and I got edited out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, I think I said three words and OK, I'm done. <laughs> and my arm got <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, uh, one last question before we get to our final segment here, Roxy. Anything, uh -huh. if you could go back, could, would there be anything that you would change? Um, I, I wish I could find something, but I would say absolutely not. There is not everything that I did, I had fun with if I wasn't having fun that was up to me to do it uh, I had made friendships um, no regrets nothing nothing I would change I it was exactly how I saw it how it was supposed to be and I'm sure a lot of people would go back and yeah I would do this and that nope everything was was great you know maybe a few more outfits or whatever or you know but you know, that's, you know, materialistic stuff, but no regrets whatsoever. I left when I was supposed to leave. I went when I was supposed to, to go. So very happy with it. Awesome. See, that's my favorite. That's why I asked that question, because that's my favorite answer to get is when somebody doesn't have any regrets at all. That's like yeah. the best, best thing to hear. Yeah, I saw your go like this and I'm like, <laughs> I know you want to hear something juicy, but you know, I don't got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, trust me. I'd rather hear that than anything juicy. Yeah. That's the perfect answer for that question. The truth, the truth. Uh, excellent, Roxy. The final segment of the show, five second frenzy it's called. Technically you have five seconds to answer each question, but even if you don't make the five seconds, it's okay. Um, okay. A whole array of different questions here, Roxy. The first question here on Five Second Frenzy. Favorite wrestler? Uh, Macho Man. Excellent choice. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> over the years, who would you say was your favorite opponent to work with? Uh, I had fun with Godiva. 
Um, I had fun. One match, if you can look back, there's a one specific match that you performed in. Can you pick the one that's your favorite that you were in? Uh, Roxy versus Dementia, where Big Bad Mama put a curse on us and we switched characters. And Dementia played Roxy better than Roxy ever played Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched that the other day as well. Uh, that was <laughs> Excellent. Uh, finally, we're getting away from wrestling now and we're getting to, to some of the arts here. Uh, favorite book? Favorite book. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, it has to be. Queenie's book, which is Matilda the Hun, my uh, Glamazon Queen, My Life of Glitter, Guts, and Glory. It's all about her life before Glow when she was a sex phone operator to roller derby to mud wrestling to everything. She was everything and she's a pioneer. And just to let you know, too, she has archived some of her uh, things are at Harvard, the only Glow girl to have an archive in in harvard so that was a, a quick read i read it in three days my daughter i gave it to her she read it i think in like two or three days too it's such a good read it'll blow your mind excellent, oh, twice. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh favorite tv show ah in the old days or or old days current anything okay i have to say soul train <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I, I to this day will go if I go out I try to get everybody to do a soul train line and they look at me like what are you doing <laughs> uh, excellent you're, you're a lot of fun it's excellent to hear <laughs> uh, favorite film um uh, everybody wants to say notebook um okay that was my um what is some what is it the oh the others the others with uh yes uh with nicole kidman because i like something because i'm horrible and i watch films with with my daughter and which if she watches them i'm like okay what what that's gonna happen there they're there this one just like i didn't get it i didn't see it coming and I didn't know anything. She didn't watch it. So it stumped me. And I love being stumped in a movie. I like cleverness in a movie. I agree. Uh, the next one is favorite musical artist. Ah, I love Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Uh, everything about Bruno Mars. And I'm a Beyonce. love Beyonce. <laughs> Another good choice. Bruno can do anything he wants. He can do anything. Yes. Dance, play every instrument, sing. Yeah. I hate him. I hate him for that. <laughs> I, I no, you can hate him. I love him. <laughs> no, I think secretly I love him. Um, He's not, yeah, so I hate him. <laughs> uh, getting away from the arts now, favorite food? Oh, my gosh. A Monte Cristo sandwich dipped in sour cream with a side of raspberry jelly with powdered sugar. <laughs> okay it is layers of bread with cheese with meats i don't know if you're vegetarian you can't fake it uh, and it's just deep fried after they make this big huge you got to google it big huge sandwich you dip it in the sour cream and with jelly it is incredible 
it's incredible. I was on a search for the, the, the best Monte Cristo sandwich and I think I found it. And I also found 10 pounds after that too. But <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'll have to check that out or we'll make it myself at some point. Uh, no. <laughs> we've only got four left uh, for five second frenzy. Favorite place to eat on the road? Uh, I like Wendy's. Wendy's, it brings me back to the old days. Wendy's. Excellent choice. Uh, third last one, five second frenzy. Favorite alcoholic beverage? Oh, tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely decision. Uh, the second last one, Roxy, it is the naughtiest one of five second frenzy. Favorite male body part? You see a good looking guy. What, what, will, what will Roxy's eyes go to first? Roxy's eyes would go to the guy's eyes. <laughs> I love beautiful eyes and there's just something about, I don't care about the muscles. I don't care about anything else, hair, whatever. It's the eyes. Even when you age, you still have the eyes. That is a very classy, classy answer. I like that. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, now, Roxy, the last one is favorite curse word. I don't think you said one swear word on this show, but mm -hmm. do you have a favorite? Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm from Australia, so we say that every two seconds. So, uh. oh, I, I thought you wanted me to, to be clean. I mean, my favorite uh, thing in Clerks song they sing: "Fuck, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, 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 fuck." Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's my favorite. <laughs> well, uh, Roxy, I, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, my face hurts from laughter. I know your uh, daughter was was rolling her eyes earlier, but I want her to know that you actually are very funny and that her mum isn't lame or or, or or dorky. You're actually hilarious. Um, so if she disputes that, she's incorrect. I want to thank you, Roxy. <laughs> does think i'm hilarious and i think okay. she's funny we laugh we laugh all the time she's great she's a <laughs> belly laughs belly laughs for days she says <laughs> oh very good to hear well uh, <laughs> uh roxy i just really want to thank you for your time on the show and you know i live in perth western australia the most isolated city in the world so i feel like you know it's always important for me to say that you know to, to reach so far all the way over here and have somebody here appreciate what you've done in your life and and what you've achieved i just thought it was important for me to say that and thank you again for being on okay the show. Something I was so excited to do an interview all the way from Australia. You're my first one, and I was probably more excited than you were because I kept saying I'm going to do an interview from Australia. So I've been talking about it all week. So see, I fanned out on you. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a first. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we're even then. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, Roxy. Really appreciate it. All right, thank you so much. Had a good time. Me too. And thank you, everyone out there, for checking out my interview here with the one and only legendary Roxy Astor. I'm your host, California, and we will see you down the road. Thank you. Bye.